Today's story begins and we encounter Jesus teaching, proclaiming, healing, curing diseases and sicknesses throughout all the cities and the villages. And it must have been quite a sight, this traveling ragtag group of religious zealots, cronies, maybe with their first century transistor radio in hand, listening to Willie Nelson. We're the best of friends, insisting that the world keeps turning our way. I mean, Yahweh. On the road again, oom-cha, oom-cha, come on, sing along, oom-cha, oom-cha, oom Of course, these discipling friends weren't in it for fortune or fame. This wasn't a get-rich-quick plan. And in fact, chapters 9 and 10 of Matthew are this turning point for the disciples. They've left traditional vocations. They've left secure homesteads. And times were a-changing for them. They're enjoying the marvel and wonder of following this rising star. Rumors of his glory abound. His words, his deeds spreading like wildfire across the Judean countryside. Yet here we see Jesus seeing and meeting larger and larger crowds as he moves from village to village, city to city. And we read that he has compassion for them because they are harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus has a revelation. He needs to do more, and he needs help. He says the laborers are few. And so he turns to and he summons these inner 12 disciples, and he gives them authority to cast out unclean spirits, to cure disease, to heal every sickness. And we read the names of these 12 and recognize that they're pretty ordinary people. Brothers, blue-collar fishermen, uh, white-collar tax man. They don't have spectacular resumes, but they are named and they are given marching orders from this upstart prophet who's starting a new revolution. Jesus tells them to go, proclaim good news, news that the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Travel light, depend on the generosity and hospitality of others. Be peace bearers wherever peace is welcomed. And if your peace or your proclamation is not welcomed, then move on. In the wake of two Pentecostal services, we're now coming back to the Gospels. And we're reading how Jesus and the Holy Spirit might remind us and teach us of all things. And today we're drawn in to Jesus' compassion. And Don has referred to that during the children's blessing today. Compassion was this great motivation. Jesus rooting for the harassed and the helpless and inviting his disciples to help. And so as we live in the world of today's story, might we feel re-invited to Jesus' compassion work? Whether you're rich or poor, there's an invitation for us all. 
educated, uneducated, whatever your nationality, color, social status, or ideology, Jesus invites us to compassion work, to travel light, to lay aside those things that entangle and so easily encumber us, and then be peace bearers in the world. To a world desperately in need of peace, may we be a people who carry Christ's heart into the world. We're praying for a cure. We're praying for new life in the midst of forces of death. We're praying for powers to be cleansed and cast out. Jesus names us. We're sent by Jesus, but even more so, we're sent to be Jesus, little Christs in the world. So I might offer you a few seconds to pause, to ponder. How are we responding to Jesus' invitation of compassion? Lean in. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What might it look like for us in these days, these early days of Pentecost, to renew our call as followers of Jesus? We've prayed already, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here in Edmonton on earth as it is in heaven. So how might we renew our invitation as compassionate followers of Jesus? We're doing this in many ways, and even during the season of Easter, we shared stories about how we have joined Jesus in his ways of compassion. We read stories about those who are helping those who are struggling, the isolated, those who are sharing money, the phone call, the timely email, the prayer over the phone, the curbside visit, the cure that is brought in the forms of food or drink, a tender word. We've heard of people moving beyond their comfort zones and becoming allies with those who they may have overlooked were forgotten in the past. And Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I don't want us to hear that as a scarcity tone from Jesus, but it's this reality that there's many things that we might be called to in these days. And there's enough presence, enough power of the Holy Spirit to go around that as we give of our little gifts, we trust that God will grow those gifts of compassion. Now, it's also important to re- recognize that this is just not do-niceism, do-goodism. And as we read on in today's story, we read that Jesus talks about the dangers of the Christian life. Uh, it's intimidating a bit. And Jesus gets kind of animal kingdomy here. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be wise as snakes and innocent as doves. And the world that will experience or endure as the sent out ones is written of in verses 17 to 20. And we're going to post a translation of that. Uh, This is a translation by the uh, Bible commentator, Dale Bruner. Be wary of people because they will get you arrested and take you to court. 
beat you up in their meeting places and confront you with governors and kings all because of me so that you can bear witness to them and to the nations. And when they arrest you, do not worry about how or what you will say, because in the hour you need it, you will be given what to say. You see, it is not you doing the talking, but the spirit of your father who is talking in you. Friends of Jesus, those who follow the shepherd and listen to his voice, we will enter into the world of the wolves. And it's a world where we will be arrested, beaten down, and confronted, and that sounds pretty intense. This is the dangerous Christian life. Have we experienced it? No shame or judgment if you haven't, but might I suggest that Like the disciples in chapters 9 and 10, for us, our world is a changing. In the midst of a world of COVID-19, in the midst of a world where we're now in the 19th day of protests after the murder of George Floyd, could the Spirit be pushing us with fresh winds and fresh fire to be like sheep in the midst of wolves? Now, whenever I wrestle with scriptures like this, I think of the wideness of our congregation and the broadness of ages and stages of life. And there are one-year-olds and 91-year-olds. We cross so many spans of generations and spheres of influence. We are not all raucous 22-year-olds spilling into streets and neighborhoods or the legislative grounds with signs and banners. Though I know some of you were there with signs and banners, and you're younger than 22 or older than 22. But at the same time, regardless of our age or stage or platform in life, there is a work of compassion, care, curing, healing, raising, renewing that we can do for the harassed and the helpless. And again, in the midst of pondering our call to discipleship, might we ponder anew what it means for us to be blown into the streets to help the harassed. Can we continue to pray for ourselves or our friends or families that we know whose causes we have aligned ourselves with, maybe even in the past few days? I want to encourage you to, in our chat, in the the YouTube chat, maybe you might jot down a cause that you have been renewed in, or a cause that's been tugging at your heart in these days. And as we see those causes, might we as a community of faith pray together with you and for you, and maybe it will enlighten our minds and our imaginations to join the cause with you. So I encourage you to post that in the, the YouTube chat today. And as you're doing that, I'm going to read a few sentences from an article that I shared in News and Notes this past week that was given and shared with me from one of our church council members. It's from a Baptist, believe it or not, 
a broad-thinking Baptist website called baptistnews.com. And I commend that website to you as they speak to current issues with thoughtfulness, but also from a Baptist perspective and a Baptist tradition, baptistnews.com. This writer talks about the riotous fires of Pentecost and poses the question, could the righteous riotous fires of Pentecost be burning in the protests for racial justice? This writer writes that Pentecost is a story of political disruption. The church was a raucous riot from its beginning. And Pentecost reminds us to ask, what have we failed to hear? And to whom have we failed to listen? Who are the unheard among us that have reached the end of their rope? Maybe you've heard some of those causes in the past days and past week, and those are the causes that you're posting in our YouTube chat today. This writer then says, The Spirit of God may be a fire burning through the streets, setting ablaze symbols of empire, authority, and oppression, casting off the knees and nooses that crush the necks of the oppressed and calling us all to join in solidarity, hearing the voices of the unheard, united in the struggle for justice, and speaking of God's words and deeds of power. So may the words and warnings of Jesus today ring true for us. Might we be wary People will get you arrested and take you to court, beat you up in their meeting places and confront you with governors and kings all because of me, Jesus says. Now, we may not end up being arrested or beaten this coming week, but what if, what if our compassion and our care are allying with those who are crying out for justice? What if doing those works of compassion get us entangled with wolves? Entangling with wolves. What if in the midst of us joining in solidarity with the meek, the oppressed, the least, the last, the lost? What if some people start responding with bared fangs? with snarls, with bristling, and they begin snapping at us. We might be tempted to to tuck back in, to feel worried or scared or intimidated. But the promise of Jesus, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit consoles us. Do not worry. Do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you.